0: You're listening to our Southside Baptist Church podcast. For more audio content, please refer to our website, this is baptistchurch.com. And all God's people said, amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. What great songs. What great words, dear Lord. What great melodies as they reach down into our heart and soul and just lift us up and Cause us, dear Lord, uh, in those moments to be filled with a joy that can only come by way of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I know life can be hard, and I know some may be listening, even sitting in this congregation or listening by live stream, that this has been a painful year. There's been loss. there's, There's been heartache. But Lord, may they realize that your word says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. May they realize that the paraclete, that Greek word that means comforter, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is living in us, that the Holy Spirit can comfort us and give us a strength that can only come by way of the presence and the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we thank you because of your birth, because of your life, because of your death, because of your resurrection, that we have the hope of heaven. We thank you that we have the hope of your Holy Spirit as it wraps its arms around us even now and lifts us up to the Father. We pray, dear Lord, as we look to your word for a few moments, that Lord, you continue to comfort. Lord, cleanse me forgive me. Let me be a vessel, a tool in your hand. And we give you, Lord Jesus, all the glory. And it's in your name do we pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to remain standing, if you would. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews. I'll not keep you long, but there's some things that I'd love for you to see this morning as we're coming to the close of a an old year we're getting ready to put it away we're getting ready to go into 2022 and i don't know about you but that just uh sounds weird doesn't it It just sounds strange you know when you start throwing around or talking about a a new year 2022 now um sheila and i and the children are going to kind of they're going to kind of be in here with us for a moment so bethany promised me that They'd have something to keep them busy. But I want you to pay attention. I want you to look this way. I want you to listen. I'm not going to keep you long, but I'll keep you long as long as it takes me to get this across. So you need to listen. But um, when Sheila and I were going to Zimbabwe, when we were moving to Africa, Uh, We liquidated everything and finally we gave, you know, we liquidated or we gave it away. We got rid of it. And the IMB, the International Mission Board, had told us how much luggage we could have. Now, uh, Parade Magazine, in fact, when we were at uh, Richmond, they came and did a story on our family because we were the biggest family at the Missionary Learning Center. Uh, married with four kids and our kids at the ages that they were so they kind of followed us around did a story and uh, because we were a big family uh, they also helped us to realize that because we were a big family we were entitled to a lot more luggage than smaller families because we had four kids then we had a lot of luggage, and we had a lot of backpacks, and we had, listen, you, we could have a backpack, we could have a carry-on, we could have, uh, we had trunks, we had, uh, you know, those action packers. We had, I think, if I remember, 54 or 57 pieces of luggage, and, and uh, when we got to London, Amanda, you'll understand a little bit of this, when we got to London, we, we had to move all that luggage and we had a long layover. And I remember being in downtown London in the middle of daytime traffic and all of a sudden trying to corral four kids, trying Sheila and I trying to manage all those pieces of luggage. We had them stacked up. They all fell and went all over that intersection. And, and we basically shut down London. That wasn't enough. Uh, we had a chemistry set in one of those pieces of luggage, and at Gatwick, uh, we shut the airport down again. I mean, we shut the airport down. I mean, shut it down. They, when they were screening that luggage, they saw this chemistry set, thought it was a bomb, and Gatwick Airport came to a standstill. We're standing there wondering, I wonder what's going on? We're standing in line like everybody else. What's going on we didn't realize it was our luggage that was shutting down the airport and we had to go and clear this chemistry set to get it through Gatwick and to get through the airport we got down to South Africa we were in Johannesburg South Africa again we had picked up our 50 something pieces of luggage Jeffrey was sick and so I had him and he was throwing up in an ashtray So Jeffrey's throwing up in an ashtray at about four or five years of age and we're trying to manage all this luggage and meanwhile Nelson Mandela had just gotten out of prison and so South Africa was very tense and there were machine guns and you could just feel the tension in Johannesburg. We come through as we're coming out of the airport, coming through security. I've got all this luggage stacked up again. We've got We've got, we've got military with AK-47s, all kinds of weaponry, when all of a sudden this luggage went whoop, and it just went sliding down through security, made a complete catastrophe. And I thought, oh God, when will we wake up? Our kids had every piece of luggage. They had backpacks, they had carry-ons, we had them carrying everything they possibly could carry. We were taking as much baggage, as much stuff as we could get to Zimbabwe because when we got to Zimbabwe in the early 90s, the reality is you couldn't even get a can Coke. The reality is as you and I come to the end of the year, the danger is is that we carry baggage into the new year and sometimes you and I need to go into our life we need to look at some of that baggage and we need to ask ourselves the question do i really want to carry this into the new year or do i need to leave it right here at this altar the writer of hebrews and if you have your bible turn to hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 and 15 the writer of hebrews in chapter 14 and i mean chapter 12 verses 14 and 15 says these words he said make every effort to live in peace with who with all men and to be holy without holiness no one will see the Lord now then look at verse 15 if you're there say amen see to it that no one messes the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many let's pray lord we thank you we love you and we pray dear lord that you'll speak to us even now and we give you all the glory in the name of jesus amen you can be seated one of the things that you and i will carry if we're not careful we will carry throughout our life is a bitter spirit. And let me explain again. You've heard me explain this word. This is, to me, is one of the most interesting words in the Greek New Testament. The word bitter is the word pikros. The word pikros means sticky anger. In other words, somebody, listen, somebody has hurt you. Somebody has made you angry. And that anger and that hurt has stuck to you, and you, listen, you cannot let it go. You can't put it behind you, and you're dragging it right now through your life. It's baggage that God in no way wants you to to carry. You know, the Bible says this. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said this. I think it's in Ephesians. He said this. He said, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. The word be angry, you know what be angry means? It's in the imperative. In other words, you can tell a lot about a man or a woman by what makes them angry, right? You can tell a lot about our character by what we laugh at, what we find humorous, and you can tell a lot about our character by what makes us angry. Somebody that doesn't get angry about some things, immediately you recognize they they don't have a good character. Because there's some things that ought to make us angry. The Bible says be angry. Listen, you may have a legitimate reason to be angry. Somebody may have hurt you, may have done damage to you, that you right now in all honesty say, I am angry. That's all right. God tells you. He commands you to be angry. But then what is He going to say? Be angry, but don't let the Son what? Go down on your wrath. You know what that means? That means this. You want let me tell you one of the keys to marriage. You know one of the keys to marriage? My grandmother said, she said this. She said, Never go to bed angry. Man, Sheila and I, we've been up all night fighting. I mean it. We just finally tired out and said, We gotta go to bed. So somebody gonna have to say they're sorry. And and so we we literally we, we took her at face value. We took the Word of God at face value. We knew that if we went to bed angry and got up the next morning, that it could result in a bitter spirit and it would be a lot harder to shake. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Express your anger, but don't express it like an ungodly, sinful man or woman. Express it in a Christ-honoring way. And then put it away. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't carry it into the next day because if you do, it'll be a root of bitterness. Now, everybody listen. It will be Picross. It will stick to you. I heard Charles Stanley preach a sermon. In fact, my dad, who's 92, saw him yesterday. My dad ordered this sermon on the old cassette tape and he gave it to all four of his kids. It shook him so much. He thought so much about it. Charles Stanley preached on the subject of bitterness. And you know what he said about bitterness? He said, people who have anger and hurt, people who feel the victim, they can't seem to shake that anger, that hurt. They spend their life carrying it, that bitter spirit. Charles Stanley said it's like a man or a woman who has a stinky, smelly ointment. And everywhere they go, that stinky, smelly ointment just drips off. It's like sludge. It just drips down their legs falls off their feet and listen even after they leave you still smell and feel their presence let me ask you something is that you are you mad are you hurt do you feel the victim are you angry and that anger that hurt is stuck to you that you have no longer been able to live your life you just cannot let go You know what the writer of Hebrews said? He said, make every effort, listen to this. He said, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Let's stop right there. Some in this room may say, some who may be watching say, you don't know what this person has done to me. You don't know the hurt they brought into my life. You don't know the loss that I feel. It's not fair. And you don't, know the, you don't know the attempts that I've made to try to be reconciled with them. You may say, you know, I've tried to be reconciled with them. You know what? Did you notice what the writer said here? Make every effort. Take your Bibles and turn over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Take a left there. Go over to Romans chapter 12. Picking up at verse 17. I want you to see this. Romans... Romans chapter 12 because this is for that person maybe you're here today and you say you know I've I've tried to be reconciled I've tried to work through this I've tried to put it behind me and move on with my life but I can't do it and part of the reason that I can't do it is because they don't want it to happen make every effort but look at Romans chapter 12 beginning at verse 17 do not repay anyone what evil for evil in other words, some people, you know what the way you know the way we can be. This is Satan. You know what the devil says? Tit for tat. You kick my dog, I'll kick your cat, right? You hurt me, I'll hurt you. You hit me, I'll hit you. You say something to me, that hey, that's what ruins marriages. Because in a marriage, a husband and wife don't know where to stop. They got to get I've got to get the last word. Oh, they're right. They get the last word. And let me tell you where they get the last word. They get the last word in a court of law where a judge is pronouncing or ending that marriage. I remember, I've I've been to divorce court a few times. I hate it. Oh, it's horrible. I remember going to divorce court one time with this couple with two children, and they had experienced the loss of a child. And that was part of the reason they were in divorce court, because they could never move beyond the loss of that child. They had turned against each other two beautiful girls that were still left and I and I went with them to divorce court and I'll never forget there was a line of there was a line here and a line here and this is in Rankin County there's a there's a line over here and a line here and then you would see children and they would run back and forth between the lines here's dad over here with his lawyer And he's got maybe mom or dad or some of the family there. Here's mom over here with her lawyer. And she's got some of her support group family there with her. Maybe some friends. Maybe some friends over here. And then you got the children. And they're running back and forth between the two parents. And I thought, wow, how painful. Why? Because you know why? Because somebody was angry and it stuck to them. And they never let go of the hurt. And they carried it all the way to divorce court. You know what I tell people when I counsel them they're getting ready to divorce? When they won't listen, you know what I do? I take a piece of paper because I'm always, I'm sitting there jotting on, you know, on paper. And all of a sudden, when I realize that there's no hope, that it, see, judges will sometimes require that they get counseling and it's just absolutely a joke. They don't want it to work out. Some of them have already been chopping around for another one. And so I just simply look at him and I say, Well, before you leave, let me give you something. I rip the paper up, hand him each a half, and say, There's your kids. You're free to go. Because I can tell you this much the reality is, as children, when they're small or wounded, And that's why if you're here today and you're married and you're trying to hang on to that marriage, you hang on to it for everything that you got. And I've always said this, people that have gone through divorce, people that God has brought together a a, a new family and a blended family, hey, listen, I've had those people look at me and say this. They say, listen, though God has blessed me and I thank God where I am today, the reality is, Brother Jeff, you're right, divorce was like going through hell. And if you can keep somebody from going through what we went through or what I went through, that's great. Do that. The Bible says this. He said, do not pay, repay anyone evil for evil. Tit for tat. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is p- Now look at this. Verse 18. Memorize this verse. If it is possible, as far as what? Are you seeing this? Say Amen. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know what David said? I think it was David. David said, When I say peace, they say war. Have you ever met people like that? You can't be reconciled to them. They're either angry, they're hurt, they don't get. Hey, you ever see people, they're just a victim. They're always a victim. This person hurt them, that person hurt them. They're mad at this person, mad at that person. They've always got somebody to be mad at. You ever been around people like that? They just seem to not be able to get along with everybody. They've got, they got a problem with everybody. And, and, and some of those people, you say, you know, I just can't seem to get along with them. That's why Paul said this to the church at Rome. Paul said, listen, and what the writer of, of uh, Hebrews said, make every effort. The Bible says as best you can, as much as it depends on you, you try to be at peace with all men. But listen, some people don't want peace, do they? right? Some people don't want peace. They don't want nothing to work out. You know, we got problems in this country right now. And and you got this polarization of America. And the reality is a lot of people, they don't care. It doesn't matter to them, tear down the country. You know, I find that when I'm dealing on social media and I run into some of these people, it's strange some of them don't have children. People who have children are far more concerned about the future of this nation than people who don't. I care nothing about the college woke group and what they've got to say, because the reality is they're not married, they don't have children, they don't know anything about responsibility and for, probably for a lot of them they're affluent mom and dad, foot to bill for them to go to college and they're partying and wanting to riot or do whatever, hey listen. When you got 16 grandkids you're worried about the state of this nation and the security of this land, you want peace. Sometimes you can't. you, you can make every effort, you can do everything you can. And watch this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Verse 19, do not, what does it say there? Do not take what? Do not take what? Say it loud. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Well, you may be sitting here and you say, listen, you don't know what, you don't know what this person did to me. What this per- person did to me has caused a deep hurt in my life that I've never been able to get over. It was a betrayal. It was a, a loss. My dear friend, I've got a dear friend of mine, looked at me one day. I was talking about uh, a contractor who cheated, uh, cheated Sheila and I, and, and one of my kids cheated us out of about $12,000 and got away with it. And I was sitting there griping and complaining he looked at me and he said Jeff he said my partner took two hundred and twenty three thousand dollars from me he said I know how you feel and I'm sitting there going I'm almost ashamed I'm thinking wow and this was Johnny Gooch who's one of the most godly men I know you know what the bible tells you and I the bible says this Though you may want to get revenge, you mess up. First of all, let me tell you this much. If somebody doesn't want to be at peace, if they want to continue to pick a fight, if you're doing everything you can to find some resolution, some peace, and you want to move on with your life, and they won't let you, and you've done everything, you're making every effort as best you can, you've done all that you can do. You know what you you know what a lot of times we're tempted to do, don't you, is take revenge, right? We want to take matters into our own end. Well, I'll show them. they met their match. And you start to bow up, buddy. And you get, hey, listen. You've got, you've got anger. You know, the Bible says you can be filled with anger. You know what that means? It means that to be filled with anger means that just like filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit means you're under the control of the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with anger, what are you under the control of? Have you ever heard this statement, beside yourself? Do you know what that means? That is a counseling terminology for a person who becomes so angry, so enraged, that literally it's as if their soul, the soul of that person has to step out of the container because the soul can't even handle the heat that is in the container at the moment. You don't know what they've done to me. God knows. Let me tell you what you do going into the new year. You say, God, I'm going to give this to you and I'm not picking it up again. This person has hurt me. They brought heartache into my life. I feel like I've been betrayed. Whatever that may be, whatever they've taken from you, whatever hurt they brought into your life, God, I'm going to put them in your hands and God, I'm going to let you deal with them. Let me tell you what I've discovered. I want to see the vengeance right? I mean, most of us, the truth of the matter is when somebody hurts us, we, we, want, we, we pray the zap prayer. You know what the zap prayer is? God, zap them. I mean, God, take a bolt of lightning and pop them on top of the head. You know, we're angry and we want God to join in with us on that anger. God, I know you know what they did was wrong and it hurt me. God, you know I've tried to do the right thing and God, they haven't tried to do the right thing. So God, I just, I, God, I just pray that you obliterate obliterate them you know you get to zap them prayer and god says that's the wrong spirit when you let go of this i'll take care of it and if you don't i won't you know what god says when you let go of it and you put it behind you years later years later when something goes wrong in that person's life or things fall apart you know what will happen to you You'll have compassion. His Holy Spirit has brought such a healing to you. You'll have compassion upon that person. You'll feel sorry for him, And you know what? You'll feel the Holy Spirit, Spirit say you need to pray for that person. And the person who's still better, when you make that kind of statement, like, what do you mean pray for them? After everything they did to you, you're going to pray for them? Yeah. Why? Because I turned it over to God a long time ago and I let go. Because watch this, and then we'll close. Watch this. Verse 20, on the contrary. Now, look at what it says. It says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine. God says, that's my business. I'll do the avenging. I'll do the repaying, says the Lord. Now, look at verse 20. On the contrary, what does it tell you to do with your enemy, person who's hurt you? If your enemy's hungry, what? Feed him. If he's thirsty give him something to drink in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head if he doesn't repent and he doesn't get his life right her life right then the reality is is one day they'll spend eternity separated from God and watch this look at verse 21 do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil by what by good let me ask you something before we pray do you have any baggage in your life right now as you come to the close of this year that you say, in all honesty, Brother Jeff, you're right? Uh, I have some. Uh, let me tell you the key word. Everybody, listen. The key word is forgive. Right? You know, it's interesting that Jesus said this when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray and he starts the prayer you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread as we and, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive uh-oh forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us wow <laughs> wait a minute You mean, God, if you won't, wait a minute, God, you mean if I won't forgive, you don't forgive? Do you mean that, God? Let me tell you what will happen. When you have an unforgiving spirit, a bitter, angry spirit, even though God may forgive you, you don't know it. And you know what people who are victims, you know people go around, they got a bone to pick with everybody. They, they, they've got this old bitter, angry spirit. Everybody's hurt them. They've done this, they've done that. And boy, they can give you an inventory. They, they know all the names, all the situations, all the circumstances. Boy, they just hold them up to God. And they say, God, look at what this person did to me. And God says, yeah, look what you did to my son. And God says, You're going to have to forgive that person and you're going to have to let go of them and you're going to have to so release them that you give me the freedom to do in their life what I need to do. And when I do that, whatever that brokenness may come in their life, when it happens, your heart will be like that of Christ. You'll not only understand God's forgiveness in your life, you'll have mercy on those people. Because let me tell you, people who are victims, people who have bitter, angry spirits, who have a bone to pick with everybody, I don't want to be around them. They wear you out. And I don't want to be that person. Let's stand. Our Heavenly Father, we just come to You. And Lord, we love You. And Lord, we know as we are gathered here at the end of a year, 2021, For many of us, we've lived already a pretty long life and we've seen those milestones. For some in this room, we remember when it was the year 1999 and it was turning 2000 and all the doomsday and soothsayers and all those people that were warning us of, of computer breakdowns and all of these things, and yet 2000 came and went. 2001 became the greatest terrorist act ever committed in this country, the day 9-11. Lord, uh, time keeps moving. Years keep passing. And for many in this room, maybe not the young, for those that are older, it comes really fast, year after year. As Sheila said, it seems like we just had Thanksgiving and Christmas is already here. I wish Christmas, I wish that season would last longer. But it doesn't. Take down the utensils, we put away the lights, take down the tree, we pack everything away, and it seems only tomorrow that we'll be pulling it all back out again. Time It's like James said, a vapor. But Lord, may we not carry the baggage of broken, hurt, anger, bitterness from year to year. May we do an appraisal, an inventory of our life and say, God, I'm going to let go of that hurt. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to put that person in your hands and know that, God, you'll deal with them in your time. God, I don't want to carry this anymore. God, help me to forgive. Just as you've forgiven me. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Lord, I pray if there's one here that doesn't know you, a man or woman, a boy or girl, somebody today who may be looking at their life and they say, oh, in all honesty, they're not a Christian. They're coming to the end of the year and they think to themselves i need to be saved some that may be watching by way of of our internet or live stream and right now dear lord you're speaking into their heart and, and, and it's time for them to repent of their sin and to give their life to you. And wherever they are, to sit down, kneel down by that chair, wherever they may be, sitting in that living room, and finally say, maybe to their wife, maybe to their husband, maybe to their children, children come here together with me. I need to get saved. I've got to settle this. I don't want to go in another year without Jesus. For others in this room it's time to recommit rededicate Uh, they've been pulling away from christ and they've gotten out of the word of god they've gotten out of prayer uh church is just spasmodically something they do they're not sold out not surrendered so there needs to be that recommitment a renewal a rededication just like a marriage when there's a renewal of vows I pray, dear Lord, that decisions would be made, whatever they may be, even if they're made within the hearts of people. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm here. You can come. If there's a decision to be made, Ledge can be here. Sheila is here.